So growing up, I'd play baseball, and uh, all the coaches would always train you, right, anytime a fly ball is hit, first step, got to go back. Your first step has to be back. They would drill this into us, particularly outfielders, right, that anytime a fly ball is hit, your first step needs to be back. Now, the reason for this is when you take a step back, you're actually able to see the ball, its trajectory, figure out what proper route you are to take, and most importantly, when you take a step back, it'll assist you to not allow the ball to go over your head. Because if you actually take a step forward and may you misread it, it's going right over your head. So there are some similar principles in the reality of the spiritual life, my brothers and sisters, where there are things that we just need to kind of have like ingrained in us. When things happen, we just step back. We just step back, right? It's one of those things that we don't have to think about, right? And one of those areas in the spiritual life, my brothers and sisters, is actually dealing with correction. Now, not giving correction, but it's actually receiving correction, Right? There's actually a way in which when we receive correction, there's something that we can do immediately, like our first step in the midst of receiving correction that is going to assist us to actually receive the blessing and the flourishment that comes forth from that correction. Now, who here, right, who here would get mad if, like raise your hand if you would get mad if, uh, you know, say your kid was in the sandbox and they started picking up glass and they're about to put it in their mouth, and then you just saw somebody, right, like run over to your kid, smack it out of their hand, right, like grab it from them, maybe like in a little forceful way. Would you, would you raise your hand if you would be mad that somebody would do that? Like probably not. If your kid's literally going to eat glass, I would hope that somebody would go and grab your kid and knock it out of their hand, right? They're going to correct them. I mean, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Or would you be mad, raise your hand if you would be mad, if you're on your phone texting and you're walking at the same time and not really paying attention to what's going on around you, but you're kind of looking at your phone, and all of a sudden you're about to walk into, you know, some traffic, would you be mad if somebody, you know, just grabbed you and rerouted you, recorrected, right, so you did not walk into traffic? Would anyone be mad at that? Raise your hand. Yeah, probably not. Right? Like, you'd be really grateful. Now, who here, right, raise your hand if you would be mad if somebody came up to you and corrected you on your cursing? You can raise your hand. It's okay. (laughs) Who here would be maybe upset or defensive if someone kind of called them out on their lies? Right, or maybe called you out and challenged you on your way of life. Maybe you're gossip, maybe you're backbiting. Right? Who here would be mad at that? It's funny, my brothers and sisters, when it comes to the protection of the body, we are completely willing to receive correction, but yet when it comes to our soul, we are not willing to receive the correction that it needs. It's so funny. There's no difference between the two. The reality of correcting in this particular way in regards to saving my life, in regards to not getting hit by a car or not eating glass and whatever other example you'd like, you'd receive that. That would be actually, you'd be thankful for that moment. But yet the reality of possible sin that can deter you from a relationship with Jesus, oh no, we cannot be corrected on that. 
Now, brothers and sisters, in the gospel today, right, our Lord Jesus corrects. And it's really interesting to see how the response is to the correction of Jesus, right? Because the correction, the way in which they respond to the correction of Jesus is going to actually teach us what not to do and then teach us what we should do. Right, because correction is real, and first off and foremost, correction is actually really beautiful. Correction is always for the sake of teaching. It's for the sake of assisting us to move on the right path. Right? If you're going off in the wrong direction, I would hope somebody would move me back onto the right direction for the sake of my flourishment, for the sake of my blessing. Right? And so here we have in the gospel, right, we have Passover. This is the greatest Jewish feast. It's literally the recalling the remembrance of what God did in Egypt. When he literally liberated, he freed his people from the slavery of the Egyptians. Where literally God passed over, right, the homes of the Israelites. Right, where death would have supposed to be happening, right, for the actual firstborn, right. This was the right and just response or consequence to their actions. And God passed over them. And yet liberated them from the Egyptians and made them his own people. And so every year, the Jews would travel to Jerusalem to go to the temple, right? And the temple was always created for worship. It was always created for encounter with God and prayer. That's what it was always created for. The temple was literally a place where God's presence resided and where people could come and encounter him and to worship him, to offer sacrifice of praise, uh, sacrifice of gratitude and sinfulness and all of these. And they would go up there. And during this time, there were a massive amount of influx of people, right, because of the huge feast. Now, unfortunately, right, the Jewish leaders of the time saw this as an opportunity to take advantage Right, to make some money, right? Because there costs particular money. There's a kind of a temple tax that they would impose, right? And well, we have to have money changers, right? Because they might not have the same particular type of, ex of currency, so they could exchange money. Or they might not have had the sacrifices, right, to offer the Lord in the midst of this time. And so they would sell them, right? They literally made this beautiful temple, right? This sacred space, right? The most sacred space the entire world, they made into a target. Literally. They made into a Walmart. It's what they did. And here Jesus is, rightfully so, whip of cords, flipping over the dang tables, money going everywhere. And he's pushing them out of the temple. And he's correcting them properly for the reality of like, are you serious? You've literally made this most sacred spot, this most sacred where like the presence of the Lord lives and dwells into a target, into a Walmart for your own profit, your own gain. You're using this beautiful feast right, that my father has established for your own financial gain. How dare you? And here's the response. The response is to Jesus is, what sign can you give me? For the actions that you just did. Meaning, uh, excuse me, by what authority do you have to basically do this? Who do you think you are? Who are you? Who do you think you are coming in here and doing this? They get defensive, rise up, begin to attack, push back. What they did, my brothers and sisters, was the Pharisees, right, those religious leaders of the time, when they received correction from Jesus, their first movement was forward at Jesus. 
Their first movement was towards the actual person that corrected him. But the proper response to correction always, our first step, whenever we receive correction, regardless if it's properly done or not, that's not the point of the homily. The reality is if we receive correction, our first step always must be back at ourselves. Right? Why is Jesus doing that? Huh, I wonder why the Lord's so mad right now. Huh, I wonder why he's flipping over tables. Oh, I wonder maybe I actually did something that I need to maybe apologize for. Or maybe I need to look at my own life of things that are going on. Or is what they're saying actually valid? Instead of making my first step forward, right, and being like pushy and ride the anger rising up and fighting and allowing pride to enter into the situation, the first step must be back to look at ourselves. To recognize, well, is what they're saying actually true? Regardless if it was done in charity or not, is what they were saying actually true? Is my life maybe causing scandal? Do I really need conversion? Do I need to change? Do I need to amend this situation? Versus completely going towards and fighting that person. This is the reality, my brothers and sisters, of what we need to learn in the midst of correction. Right? Our first step always, whenever we're experiencing correction, needs to be back at self, never forward towards the person. We have to immediately, it's just like this natural response. Correction, you go back. You have to at least look at yourself first before you then speak or kind of go at the other person. Right? You need to look at yourself. Because my brothers and sisters, we sometimes forget the fact that it's one of the most loving things to do to actually correct somebody. Right, to assist them to not continue in a way that can cause them not only physical harm, but eternal harm. Right? Like, it's so interesting, my brothers and sisters. Right? Like, the people that are literally willing to lose you as a friend because you might get mad at them for them telling you the truth, but they love you enough to make sure that your soul is not in jeopardy is a true friend who actually loves you. The person that's willing to actually maybe endure your wrath for the sake of making sure that you know what's right and what's true is somebody who loves you more than they love themselves. That is a true friend, my brothers and sisters. And what happens is we allow pride to rise up in our hearts and we kind of get this complex of we are not able to be corrected. You know, you can correct me in the body in regards to my own safety, but when it comes to the reality of my soul and the way that I live my life, you cannot talk about it at all. Or let alone somebody who's maybe younger, right, than us, right? Excuse me, how old do you think you are? Or, you know, I have been in the faith for 70 years. How long have you been in the faith? And you come up to me and tell me how to live the faith? Who do you think you are? Tell you right now, if a five-year-old came up to me and he revealed something that I was doing that was contrary, I hope to God that I would have the grace to receive it and say thank you. Because my brothers and sisters, the reality of correction is for the sake of blessing. Right? Even the scriptures, the scriptures in 2 Timothy 3, it spoke about that all the scripture is God-breathed for the sake of not only training in righteousness, but for refutation and correction to correct us, to assist us, to live the way in which Christ himself is taught. Even the commandments are the teachings for the sake of assisting us of this is how it works and where in which we need to kind of be moved back to move into proper relationship with the Lord. It's all actually out of love. It's all based in a beautiful relationship, my brothers and sisters. 
And yet we can become prideful. And our first step in those situations is always forward. And every time you move forward, you're always going to miss the blessing and the opportunity that God wants to give you in that moment. You're going to begin fighting. You're going to become angry. right? And you let your pride win the day. Versus taking a step back, assessing the situation, looking at yourself, and possibly recognizing that maybe you are the one that needs to change, not the other person. Correction, receiving correction is hard, but this is a tool and a tactic to assist you in being able to live humbly with correction. Take a step back. It's your first step, always. Learn it. Because when you get corrected, and rightfully we need to be, step back, look at yourself. If you find yourself maybe going forward and you find yourself the anger rising up and you can catch yourself, stop, take a step back. Look at yourself first. Is there something that needs to change in here? Is what they're saying actually true? Regardless if it was done in lack of charity, that's a whole different homily and a whole different subject. But the question is at least to look into your heart and to see if what they're saying is valid. Right. Is my life maybe causing scandal? Are there areas that I need to grow in that they're challenging me and calling me higher? Am I willing to receive that? Whether that literally comes from Christ in his church or your son and daughter or your mother and father or your best friend or the random guy on the street, are we willing, my brothers and sisters, to take a step back, to be humble, to receive possible correction for the sake of flourishing, for the sake of living in greater relationship with Christ, of being able to allow his life to permeate in all the things that we do. So my brothers and sisters, don't forget, when you receive correction, your first step is always back. It's always back at yourself, looking interiorly, instead of a step forward in anger, in pride, and in a battle to try to win against this person who is just trying to love you. Amen.